All right, welcome to the Sales Theory Podcast. Uh, wherever you may be listening and however you may be listening, thanks for making this part of your day. Uh, on this podcast, I interview individual contributors, sales leaders, strategists, and analysts across a range of industries on a variety of topics to educate the market on successful methodologies to really close more deals and grow more revenue. So today is Friday, June 26th, and, and thanks so much for tuning in. So I got a really special guest for, for episode one, uh, the Jedi master himself, Mike Franco. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I remember I was thinking about this last night. I remember the first day we met. Um, I was, uh, I was a BDR young in my sales career at, at our, at our previous employer, uh, who will not be named. Uh, you were, I think I was about a, probably a couple months in. You were, uh, you were hired as a, a mid market sales leader, um, had a lot of experience in, in technology sales. And I'll never forget it was, it was probably, Shoot, it was probably first couple of days you were there, maybe first week you were there. You came over to to my desk, and and I had no business, you know, talking to you. I was as a young BDR. You were a sales leader, and and you introduced yourself, Mike Franco, um, and you interviewed me on on how I was prospecting. Um, you know, some of the things I was saying to 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 prospects to get them on the phone and some of the value props there. And I think everyone listening, you know, take note, that's that's a sign of a great leader. I'll never forget that, Mike. No, I appreciate that. That's a really, really thoughtful introduction. And I'm, I'm honored to to talk with you today. Yeah. I mean, I I remember when I first met you, it was, uh, I remember how driven and intense you were specifically um, on, and you just had this, this tenacity about getting better. So it was easy for me to come over and hang out with you guys because it was neat to see uh, you guys throwing down and, and really trying to, to put together what you thought was whatever current iterations were for you at that time. And it was bare bones as a startup. I think we were trying to figure it out on the fly and no, we had some fun success. Uh, no, I mean, I, I've learned so much from you, man. We've had so many cool conversations about, you know, sales outside of sales, uh, life, sports. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I think one of the really unique things about you is you have an interesting path and, um, you know, starting, you know, in sports and baseball and golf in Arizona. I, I, I'd love if you can just spend a couple minutes talking about your upbringing, kind of what makes you Mike Franco. Um, we can talk a little bit about, you know, learning from your dad with golf and being in that environment and then and really taking baseball really seriously. And then kind of what, what brought you into sales. That'd be kind of a cool place to start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for asking about that. Um, I, I really kind of, um, well, I had a lot of hard work around me when I was younger. Um, I kind of saw that in, in from my parents, but really I, I found um, a, a gentleman by the name of Mac Newton out of Phoenix that was kind of a trainer. He's also a uh, eighth or ninth degree black belt in Taekwondo at this point. But um, he, uh, he was, he was instrumental in, in constantly reminding me that it's my responsibility, you know, to, to take on um, just the betterment, right. My improvement, my, my gradual progress and, and toward of getting something, getting, getting better. And I, I actually gravitated toward sales just because I, I really found that communication and learning about people and learning about, you know, what's going on with, with their current situation. And if I have something we can help with, then that's awesome. So it was, it was really about kind of gravitating towards something where I knew I could help and helping has been a big part of who I've kind of grown to be. I just, I, I find that, you know, being in it, being in the service of others is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's awesome, man. And I think a lot of things that we've talked about in the past um, and, and, you know, really recently is 
sales is a really unique thing, right? I think we all try and develop our own success. It's not a math problem. A lot of it's qualitative and there's an art to it. Um, and I think a big reason behind this podcast is, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to feel boxed out. I think it, it's fun to have success. And one thing I, I, I learned from you is really driving that stewardship culture. And if you learn something that works, there's no reason why we can't all work together and coalesce on coaching customers across every industry on, on how to buy technology and how to buy the products and services you sell. There's no reason we can't put money in all our pockets. Uh, very well said. Absolutely. And it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's again, what, you know, one of those situations where, you know, no matter, no matter where you start, it's, you know, for those that are just kind of, maybe that this is the first time they're really kind of diving into self-improvement or they're diving into things that are going to help them in their careers. Um, you know, especially in sales, letting curiosity and letting empathy guide you when you're having your conversations is going to be awesome. And then you layer on the framework and that's a whole other fun thing to talk about. Absolutely. Um, I, for some reason, I think sales has a, has a big connection with golf. And I don't know if that's Hollywood that's portraying that, that all these <laughs> big deals get done in the golf course. So maybe share a little bit about your, your life with golf and, and, you know, Mike Franco senior and, um, Kind of how you got into that yeah well my grandfather he always used to say if you're going to go to business with anybody take them play nine holes with them <laughs> and I, I never really understood that right I, I never really understood what he meant by that when i was younger i was going to play golf with a guy you're going to play business with i don't understand what that means and uh and 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 what it, what it really boiled down really boiled down to was just the the effect of when you watch somebody play the sport of golf and and there's a lot of temptations in it right and there's lots of things where you're going to hit shots that you didn't want to hit and you're going to hit shots poorly. And how do you react to that? Right. If when, when nobody's looking and you hit the shot behind a tree and, and you go back there and you fix your lie, you know, is there a temptation to do that? <laughs> right. Right. The, the old foot wedge people like to say. Yeah. Um, so, so there's lots of opportunities for you to say you got four when you really made five and um, you know, through, through playing, you know, nine holes of golf with somebody, there's just an, an amazing amount of opportunity to learn about, you know, how that person's going to kind of react. So yeah, he, you know, he, all the way, all the way down to, uh, you know, even if there's a friendly bet or something, right. Like how do they, how do they react under pressure? So, so all those things were, were really key growing up, you know, learning about, um, just, just how to, how to navigate that as I, as I played golf with somebody. Totally. No, I, I think there's so many, um, th there's so many parallels between sports and, um, I think particularly golf and, and business, right? I mean, you, you can really, when you play nine holes, 18 holes with someone, you're not only are you spending a lot of time with them, um, but, but you're also, you're kind of seeing how they react to, to, to pressure and stress and, and are they an honest person? And um, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, and I, I mean, I know obviously you and I are close sports has been a big part of your life. Um, end up playing college baseball. Do you find that there were components of sports or things you learned from sports that you, you know, kind of employ today in your, in your, in your sales career? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Sports teaches you a ton about, you know, what you're made of the character, per, you know, from a character perspective, if, if you, uh, if you go out there and you're playing in front of a bunch of people and they're, they're reading, uh, you know, the program and they're, they're talking about your home state or they're talking about something personal about you, you have to tune all those things out, focus and, and go after it. And, and sometimes, you know, you're going to be tested in lots of ways. And, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, are you going to go quietly into the night or are you going to face it? And are you going to, you know, rise to the challenge and, and go after it? So there's the life presents us with many opportunities for, for things like that after your sports life. 
and uh, in business for sure. I mean, you're going to be constantly challenged by people, uh, by communication styles, by folks that are maybe more challenging than others. And you know, are are you able to navigate that? You know, with with a sound mind and 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 really be able to communicate effectively. And that's that's a huge part of of what I try to do every day. I love that. I absolutely love that. Hoping we can watch some sports soon, all things considered. <laughs> um, yes, yes, sir. No, and and so you know, I think that you know the reason right here is you have a lot of, you know, I, I think you're you're an ambassador of a couple different sales methodologies, and I think the really cool thing about sales is we all take these different components and and nuggets and tricks that we learn from different methodologies and trainings we've gone through, and we try and make it our own. Are there any anything you want to share around specific methodologies or? Or maybe trainings you've gone through that have been really impactful for for your sales career. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So when I when I first threw down, it was uh, Neil Rackham spin selling. Uh, I really read that book on a flight and just um, just completely completely opened a world for me as far as just having any sort of framework or skeleton or methodology that you might gravitate toward as you as you go about your business. Uh, so that was a, a huge needs needs analysis based you know component. And then I when I did um, originally got into technology. Back in 2010, 2011, I found I found Sandler, right? And I know you and I have had a lot of conversations around yeah. Sandler methodology. Uh, still, still use it near and dear to my heart. Um, organization I'm with right now is is still uh, adopting and learning it. And so it's um you know to me it's you're never going to arrive in any of them. Anybody that tells me uh, oh yeah you know I, I learned Sandler I got it I, <laughs> that that just makes me laugh because there's 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 so much to it that you can continue to, to that there's nuance and there's there's ways in using it and actually through some of the things that that, that I'll, I'll mention and I'm sure you've kind of gravitated toward certain things within the methodology that you've really liked or maybe there's 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 iterations of it that you currently you used it when you first learned it was this way and now how now that, that you conduct your business you do it a, a separate way or a different way you feel is more effective so it's uh there it's a huge part of of anybody that's 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 you know inspired or aspiring to go out and 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 do a, a, a career in sales it's it's a huge component to to make sure you embrace and learn and use every day i think we just found a through line between golf and sales i think there's no such thing as a perfect golf round and there's no such thing as a perfect <laughs> deal cycle or a perfect you know you never master sandler right that's that's, that's the fun part of it um no i think i bring that up to you mike because i think a lot of the topics we're going to discuss today um you know whether we learn together and or different times in Sandler or different methodologies. I think there 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 are things we, we you know we, we've we've kind of taken and 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 used in our careers. Um, and I'm really excited to highlight some of those things today. So I think, Mike, there, there's three big topics I want to talk about today, and um, some of the things we've learned from these methodologies. Uh, the first topic is going to be around upfront contracts and how we've you know how you've deployed those and some deal cycles. Second topic we'll cover is Give me around mutual plans and the importance of them and why you think they're impactful for deals. And the last one, the one that you and I have the most fun with is, uh, is strip lining. And I think that'll be a good one to, to end the session with. Um, so that's like a good agenda for you. Yeah, I love it. And you just used, <laughs> you just used part, you used part of an upfront contract right there. So uh, it might have been, might have so, been scripted. Um, <laughs> might have been, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so really kicking things off, maybe we can kind of work together and, and help the audience understand like what, what is an upfront contract? Um, at its at its basic most distilled level, and why is it important? Maybe not even just in sales, Mike. Maybe just in in life. What 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 does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean it's it is absolutely probably one of my favorite topics um, outside of negative reverse sell or, or strip lining. Um, 
it is it is by far some of the things that I feel professionally was was a was a huge difference and game changer for me. And I really I notice when people uh, use a version of it or use their own version of it as as a sign of somebody that's that's taking their their profession seriously, right? And and so it, it, to me, it's it's an ultimate framework for for setting up a meeting, and it's really being buttoned up around. You know, I, I always refer to as there's four pillars that make up a UFC or a, a front contract, and and one of the one of the first ones is, is time, right? How much time are you are you working with 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 a person, right? And and, and identifying the time frame by which you're going to be interacting is is really important, right? Because if you just kind of set up a meeting and there's no time frame around it, and you're just going, hey, I throw some meeting on your calendar. I, it could be three hours, it could be it could be thirty minutes. I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll talk. It's important to be cognizant of your own your own time as well as the person you're going to be working with. So outlining time and sticking to that timetable is, is huge part of, of, of any meeting methodology. I don't care <laughs> what, what you gravitate toward, but just making sure you're, you're being cognizant of your time and, and the person you're going to be speaking with or even, or even people, right? Uh, second pillar uh, is attendees, right? Who's, who's going to be in this meeting? Identifying people that should be there or, or maybe we should include people, right? Having the dialogue around people that, 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 are going to have opinions, and they're going to they're going to bring in certain things that that maybe other parts of, of the organization aren't thinking about. Attendees is a huge huge part, not only from from a from a client or prospect perspective, but also from from your own right. Maybe you're going to bring in some resources and people to to speak to certain topics, right? Four is it, or excuse me, the, the third one is, is agenda. Agenda would be you know the meat of it. You know what are we doing, and in, in order to effectively utilize our time. Today, what are what are some key areas that we're going to speak about? And hopefully, some of this stuff is done in a homework perspective, and you're doing this prior to the meeting, so you can really hone in on you know what are the three to five things we're going to spend time on in this within this hour. That's a huge, huge thing, and uh, I could when we have more time, you you dive into that even further and make sure that agenda oh, yeah. is locked locked up and locked down. And then the one that most reps really love to skip, and it just maybe makes them feel uncomfortable, is just having some sort of statement of commitment, right, or commitment statement in, in the fourth pillar. And that is basically saying, look, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to, to figure out if this is something that's going to make sense for you guys. If it isn't, then that's totally fine. If it is, then let's talk about you know, how, where we go from here. Would it, would it make sense for, for us to at least be able to do that? Is that fair? And, and being able to say something like that on a, on a call and in conversation, just to make sure your level setting, saying, hey, I don't know. But we're going to find out today, and and at the end, I'm going to ask you if, if we should keep moving or, or we should just say, you know, thanks but no thanks. Have you have you felt as though as I outlined those four pillars, have, is there some nuance to that now that you you kind of you follow your own path very very well by the way? As as I outlined that to you, and as I probably showed you that in 2015 or 2014, whenever it was, have you have you found yourself looking at that as I say that and say? I, I like all that, Mike, but now I'd kind of do this too. Like, what? Yeah, I, I mean, just to recap, I mean, time, attendees, agenda, commitment. I, I'll, I'll typically say, and you know, outcome would maybe be a fifth, a fifth one. Um, right. If there, if there were a fifth one, um, it, it's <laughs> shit, man. I'm sure we've all, and to this day, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I. I've, I've had still to this day moments where you know I have a pack calendar and I'll jump on a call at 3 p.m. and yeah, maybe we prepared as an account team, but I'll get on and you just jump right in the call. You're eager, you're excited. You know what you want as a sales organization, a team to accomplish. And you finish the call and your customer's like, that's not the heck I wanted to talk about. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not what I was planning on. Oh, by the way, I thought, you know, if, if this is what we're going to talk about, I would have, I would have invited, you know, my VP of sales ops or, or, 
you know, my guy in IT, guy gal in IT, um, sure. happens to me all the time. And it, it, it seems so simple, um, but it, it's so critical to running an effective meeting, running an effective deal cycle. And the one nuance I would say, Mike, is as I'm thinking about this is, you know, I, I like to use this in, in my internal meetings with, with, with my leadership and, and folks that I work with on my account team. Um, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and you've got to maximize all those working hours. And, and if, if you're not level setting on what you're looking to accomplish, you're going to miss the mark. And we all know, we all know that feeling when, when the, the, the first day of a new fiscal happens and you're like, man, I'd love to get some of that time back. Um, <laughs> you know, so, no, it, so, I, but I think if I had to think of a second nuance, it's, it's just the preparedness component. Yeah. You know, it, it, it the, the, the kind of science behind it is, I think it's so critical to make sure that when you're going to a meeting with four or five folks on, on your end, whether it's a, an FC or some overlays or co-primes, they need to be really airtight on what we're delivering to the customer. Um, so when the meeting ends, both parties feel really, really good about what's next. There's nothing worse than ending a meeting and being like, so I guess we'll follow back up with you and we'll, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. Cause then, and you know, we'll obviously expand on this in other conversations. Cause then before you know it, your RVP is calling you saying, Hey, so how are you forecasting that deal? What's next? You're like, well, you know, <laughs> they liked it. Yeah. They liked right. it. So, right. uh, so signs are good. We, we, we had a good time. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I I think that's, that's great though. So just to recap, time, attendees, agenda, what's the commitment for the meeting and the outcome? Um, I, I think they're all, they're all r really simple things, but they're easy to forget when you're going to, to any meeting with a customer or, or a prospect. Um, what, one of the things you brought up there in the beginning too, which I liked was it, you kind of threw a little strip line in there. Um, you know, if, if, this, if this isn't something that you think is going to be good use for a time, like that's okay. Let, you know, let me know right now. And, We'll, we'll dive in a little bit more of strip lining, but um, to, to kind of segue into, into the second topic, because I think it, it does very much align with the upfront contract is, you know, like a, a mutual success plan. So when you're thinking about working with, whether it's a, an existing account that you're working on a cycle with or a prospect, how do you, you know, I guess maybe share with the audience what what is a mutual success plan? Like, what does that mean to you and your business? And yeah. and how do you leverage that to make sure that all parties involved are really tracking towards the same north star? Yeah, absolutely. No, great, great tea up there. And so, with mutual action plan, um, or they call it they call it a map, right? Mutual action plan or mutual um, mutual success, success plan, plan or, success yeah. plan, as you said, right? Or, yeah. or even uh, mutually agreed upon plan. I mean, my God, you could throw them all in there, right? Yeah. Um, but but it's really you know it, it's it's in the, it. The definition really lives within what you're what you're seeing. There's no there's no hidden thing here, right? It's it's basically trying to to, to plan out what you guys are going to do together, right? And, and be very specific about it. And and far too many times um, as reps, we kind of especially as reps and as sales leadership, and we're 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 constantly kind of going at this in a variety of different ways. There, there are plenty of reps out there, and I see them. And I, I just as much as I don't see um, upfront contract really used very often by, by reps, it should be a heck of a lot more, but it's not. But again, with a, with a mutual action plan, it's like it feels really forward. It, you know, it feels like, oh man, I don't know if I'm. We're really maybe we're not ready for this right now. I'm reading the room, and and we're not ready. But it's 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 a really essential in in making sure that 
you've you've identified the, the key parts of things. So if it's early in the cycle, right, you're going to say, well, it sounds like you guys are going to do something about this. Is that, am, I, am I hearing that? And if the answer is yes, then it's like, well, and it sounds like there's this key component in your business that's happening by X date. So it sounds like we need to have, if we're working backward from that deployment, how are we going to map out dates for getting through some of these gates, right? If, if we're going to work together on this, it sounds to me really like you just told me the procurement process could take a month to two months, depending upon if there's any sort of uh, legal business, other fun stuff. But let's go, let's go map out exactly uh, how we're going to go and do this together. If by next Friday, we've got to have this a meeting that's going to talk about how we're going to implement or how we're going to set up or how we're going to do things, let's have that on Friday. And then from there, go, go from there. So you're going to have a decision about which vendor or product you're going to pick, spot, pick by, by X date, right? And really go through and, and almost show this visually. This is what we're going to do together in order for us to get to a place where you can make a decision. And, and, and then, you, then you build a whole other one, right? Almost every call you're building this and revising this because as you get further into it, maybe you are picked, maybe the, the technical selection is there. Now you're doing that with, for the whole procurement process. And now you've got a closed plan. Now you've got a, now you've got a direction that you've built uh, you know, with, your, with your prospect or, or client that everybody says, this is where we're going together. Absolutely. I have a, I have a follow-on question and any sales leaders that are listening to this are probably going to be chomping a bit to get this answer. What if if you had to if you had to put your finger in the air? What do you think is the reason why a lot of reps don't use mutual plans? Is it a I'm scared to put a plan in front of a customer that shows that you know order form execution on that last date? Or what, what do you think it is? It is a hesitation. Is a the deal's not real? What, what do you think the reason is? I think sometimes people misconstrue like their bonding rapport, right? Which we, we won't cover <laughs> today, but I, I feel like there's a lot of reps that I've worked with and worked around where they, they sometimes stumble through. Um, they try so hard to build that personal relationship and that personal uh, rapport with, with somebody. It, maybe it's their champion, it's their power, it's their key, whatever it is. Uh, that they, that they really get into the teeth of, of that relationship. And then when they, when it starts to sound, um, like that relationship is turning toward, hey, we're doing business together. This is how it goes. I think they get afraid of what that'll do to all their efforts in, in building a, a relationship. They try to tear totally. down the walls. They do so much stuff to go, hey, like I'm your guy. Let's let's you know let's go get let's go grab a drink or let's let's get lunch or whatever. Um, and and then as soon as it starts to rubber meets the road, and you're like, hey man, we've been at this and we've been we both been putting resources into this. Let's be smart about how we plan together. They get afraid of of how that might package or my, how that might come across, and I think that just comes with inexperience, right? The more the more we do this, uh, and you can do it in a way that seems like we're both rowing in the same direction, that, that that's a key part of it. But I think I see a lot of reps just get scared of of it, what what it might do or what they think it might do to jeopardize the relationship they might they might try to build. Totally, and uh, I think my uh, yeah, I probably. Maybe attribute a little more of a, I probably apply a little more of an aggressive style to, to um, kind of my mechanics around selling. But kind of what, I, what I've started, the way I think about mutual plans now is like, man, if I don't feel good about asking that question, then I'm probably not talking to the right freaking person. Or, I, <laughs> or, or, or shit, maybe I, I got to get this out of my pipeline. This is not truth, you know? That's um, right. I almost, That's I, almost right. Use it, I almost use it now as a, you know, 50 50. It's a gut check for myself, man. Um, you know, and, and, and look, if, if I do, if I do get vulnerable and, and say, hey, providing we can technically and operationally validate the solution, my expectation is that we'll be talking about the commercial, a commercial agreement here. 
Does that sound fair? Does that sound fair? And if I get pushback, I probably go, I probably go, got to go find some other stuff, you know, or I go talk to, (laughs) I go talk to someone else. That's that's probably on me, you know? Um, And and that's when it, yeah, yeah. I was, and that's that's when it gets really interesting when um, you know all of a sudden you're talking to your leadership and you're like, hey, you know, we're not we're not aligned with hey the CFO and that's a big reason why this deal is not pushing forward. I, I, maybe I wouldn't know that if I didn't ask that tough question, you know, and I didn't get vulnerable <laughs> and uncomfortable. So it's kind of transformed the way I think about it, and it's helped me get a lot get a lot more prescriptive with the motion the, the motions and pursuits I'm 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 going after. So I think that's it's something to think about. It, it really is. And it's, it's very well said. I mean, it's asking those, I think the key thing you said in that, right. was asking tough questions and, and far too many times because they're tough and you feel challenged and you feel professional heat. And maybe, you know, now we're all, we're all from home right now and we're, we're, you know, sitting at our desks and you start to kind of feel that heat kind of build up uh, under your shirt. Cause you're like, man, I'm asking these really tough questions and this could really make or break the whole thing. You've got to constantly test yourself that way, whether you're, you're people use the terms grade or test or challenge or whatever. And it's it's our job, right, to be continually continually curious and and to try really hard to figure out, you know, is, is this is this something that we should continue to do together? And if it is, great. If it's not, then then let's 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 do something else. Totally. Um, and I think you know, there's a topic here around forecasting that that kimono. I'm not prepared to open up right now because this podcast <laughs> this podcast lasts three hours. But I, I you know I would love to see I would love to see a stat on the percentage of one on ones. Um, and the time that's been wasted on, you know, reps not feeling vulnerable to tell their manager, like, this is what we don't have and just going on their gut. And if you're willing to ask those tough questions and you're willing to dig deep and understand the gaps in your pursuit and your cycle, you you work in an organization that, that's, that's likely built to go find that stuff, man. I mean, the business is probably closed deals before you got there and they're going to close deals after you leave. So that's right. there's, there's some sort of path in uh, criteria you got to capture and the more vulnerable you are with your leadership and, and shoot with your customer you're gonna go you're gonna go find that stuff and you're gonna get the truth faster and when you get the truth faster you can rip that deal out of your pipe and you can start working on some real pursuits so um no all good stuff and um i think again we could probably talk you and i could probably talk about mutual plans until the sun goes down but um i wanted to i wanted to have some fun with this last one mike um and if you don't and and if if uh, and maybe it's a topic you don't want to talk about, and that's totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, so, so strip lining. Um, it's something that I know is pretty near and dear to to the way you communicate with customers. And I don't want to get this give this perception, and it it is with me as well. And I don't want to give this perception to the audience that it is a negative by any means, or that it's a super psychological tactic you're taking with your customers. <laughs> however, however. There are some really good procurement guys that'll call you out the second you try and strip line, um, but I think they I think they appreciate it. But maybe let's just let's just <laughs> talk about the mechanics of a strip line, and because I think the value is endless, right? You can use it in so many different ways. Um, for those of you out here, I wouldn't strip line your significant other. That's that typically doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work in your personal life, but um, <laughs> maybe maybe we can talk, Mike, about what what it is. So so maybe you just share like how would you define a strip line? Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's a you know people refer to it as many different things, negative reverse sell, and, and yes, um, I am a um, habitual uh, line stripper, um, <laughs> er, er, early and often is, is what I will always say. Um, 
and it's just really it's 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 not anything that's that's trying to do anything other than just try like we like we talked about before it's it's really going after the truth right and so we will sometimes hear people um on early calls especially in technology world where they will be upset or they won't like what they're seeing that you're providing right and most most people have an inclination or they'll have a a, a drive to to try to fix that right well, gosh i know you know that button's not there and you really want it to be there because it'd be easier for you know for one click to get into what the information you need um so but you know, we, we could build that uh, you know tom you know do you think we could maybe build that it's constantly trying to fix, you know, maybe some dissatisfaction with what you have, and really, this is a totally different spin on it. Just saying, man, look, that it, it, it sounds to me like that button's pretty important to you, and um, you know, you've, you've kind of outlined your dissatisfaction with it. I totally get that, you know. And, and is that kind of are we at a, a spot now where it, we're just not the solution for you guys? That's okay, right? Well, let's just we can save ourselves some time, and then uh, and you can get some time back in your day, and you can there, there might be another vendor that did it better, and and you guys can 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 review that. Right. And most people, even when they hear me say that, um, you know, will absolutely lose their minds. They're like, oh, my God, you just told the guy that he's fired. Right. You just fired him. Um, and that's really not it. It's just it's, I want to find out, you know, how how important is that situation? And if we don't really have it and we're not going to build it, then, you know, it's important to kind of get that out of the way now, as opposed to trying to chase the guy down when he doesn't answer the phone for the next three weeks. Totally. Um, I, I want to say uh, one thing uh, I don't want. Because it's a powerful thing, right? Um, I, I want to just caution to the wind. Uh, any any reps listening, you know, don't show up Monday morning and, and fucking blow up your pipeline by showing <laughs> out. Because it, it works. It works, but it uh, it, it works. In, it's a timing thing, right? Um, and I think I, I want to I want to talk about another really really important component of the strip line is the um, the aspect of silence. Uh, your yeah. strip line totally uh, just sinks if you if you you continue to talk afterwards. The whole the power behind the strip line is to speak with conviction, to 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 really mean what you say. Um, otherwise, they're not going to take it seriously. Um, and and I think you alluded to one other thing, Mike. Are, are you are you meaning to tell me that the products and services we sell are are not going to satisfy 100% of the requirements of our customer? Is that is that what you mean? Is that what you mean there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, I, it, yeah. I, I, I can't believe concept. that, right, that it wouldn't all work for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, no, I think strip lining is such a unique motion. And I, and I also, it's not something that works for every cycle or every person you're talking to, um, but it's, it's a hell of a good gut check in, in any sort of motion. Um, and it's a really good way to get to truth fast because maybe we could just, you know, role play for a second. Um, you know, maybe you'd be the, the customer for a second and, and, I'll, and I'll strip line you and, and uh, maybe you can give an example of some common, uh, some common kind of feedback that you get. So let's just pretend, you know, you had an issue with, with the, you know, the demo my SC is running and maybe I chime in and I say, hey, um, hey, Mike, it, it, you know, it sounds like that, that, uh, that function is really important to the business. And that's what I'm hearing. Um, and and maybe, maybe, this, maybe this tool isn't right and we can just kind of stop this now. You know, it's funny acting as a customer too. You know, the customer's is like, "Oh, well, hey, actually, you know, Julian, that's that's a. I'm glad you brought that up, but it's actually not that big of a deal. We, yeah, we we know we know a workaround. We can get to that. Um, you know, but I appreciate it. There's lots of times when you go through and you kind of uh, go for that because you when you think about uh, Sandler from a pendulum perspective, right? You that's what they a lot of a lot of Sandler trainers will use, and they'll say, "Don't want to go too far right because now you're sailing, and if you're too far left, and you're you're basically not doing anything." But staying right, right, right behind them, right, right on that left side of the pendulum, where you're kind of saying, 
Hey, I'm with you, man. I, I get what you're saying. I'm hearing you. Um, we, we don't really have that. Is, is that, is that, is that going to be something that stops us right now? And, and really staying there with them. And lots of times you will hear that they will now give you reasons as to why you should keep going. And that's really the key to it, right? Is, is you tell me why we should keep going. I don't, you know, for, for the life of me, I want to, I want to help you. But if, if we run across two or three different things that just aren't going where you want them, I don't, I mean, trying to do business with you anyway is not going to be a lot of fun for you or me. So let's, let's just call it out as, as they come. And, and far too many times, uh, like I said, the, pro, the, the rep propensity will be to try to save it and talk through it and uh, provide, uh, you know, uh, list, lists of references and people that have, oh, we, actually, I've got a reference of, of a guy that did it like this and he actually really liked it and you should see it. And they want to sell hard and keep going. And, and that's actually, uh, actually hurting people more than it's helping. Totally. Um, and oh, by the way, I, it, it also really helps you understand what the top three priorities are. So when you do build that business case and you're going back up to, you know, finance and the CFO, you, you really have an airtight message and you're not missing the mark. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you said earlier, um, you brought up a, a pretty funny thing about not strip lining your, your significant other. And I, I wholeheartedly will tell you that that's not, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and you, you do, you do know Jill a little bit. Um, yeah. definitely, definitely don't want to do that. The, the thing that <laughs> the, the story that I always tell, like when I was first, um, kind of really learning this stuff and adopting it and, and understanding it is we were, we were trying to get, um, a rental property, um, squared away, uh, down, down in Southern California where you and I first met. And I, I, I strictly remember this story because, we went through and provided uh, three letters of reference from different people. We gave bank records, credit reports. Um, I'm pretty sure of the vial of blood, uh, some <laughs> other things, right? Um, it was everything I could have given her from a, you know, from, from a from who, who I am financially perspective, right? Uh, and some. And I remember, you know, we were supposed to meet with her to do the paperwork, and she called me on the phone and she said, "Mike and I were supposed to, we're supposed to be, uh, you know, meeting at one o'clock today to do paperwork, but I, you know, I got I got some concerns. You know, Jill seems to have a pretty good financial stance. That she's like, you're, she's just like, you're, you're, you're basically broke. <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah, you're, you're 100 right. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm completely broke. And um, I said, you know, after all we gave you, you know, and 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 good faith, you know, if if you're still kind of feeling like this isn't a good fit for you guy for you, you know, to to rent to us, then I totally get that. Then let's let's not do this, right? And I remember um, my wife at the time, just, she, Jill, just, she did not understand why I would say that to her. Right? We, we wanted the property. We wanted to rent the place. And I remember her burning a hole through the side of my head, just kind of like looking at me like, I cannot believe you just said that. You're out of your mind. And um, with, within you know, a couple of seconds, she goes, no, this looks good. I'll meet you within an hour. We'll send a paperwork. Right. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy thing. It's, it's, it's really, really pretty, um, pretty bold. To be able to say things in times when we really do want something, but um, you know, if I if I would have tried to fight my way through it or done other things, who knows? We we may not have gotten that property. It's powerful, and uh, that's why you're the Jedi Master. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. I wish. Uh, no, I wish. It, it, it's it's super powerful. It's just it's walk away theory, right? Are you willing? Are you are you willing to walk away from from a deal? Um, and are you willing to put put the right solution in front of a customer and make sure that you guys are thinking about the right things? Um, no, it's, it's super powerful. And, and yeah, I, I picked these three topics because I, I think they're really unique. And I also think they're really fundamental to, um, they're, they're not everything, um, but they're really fundamental to running a really airtight cycle. And I encourage folks listening to start testing them out. Um, and, and, you know, some of them are more tactical when we think about mutual plans um, and upfront contracts. 
I have a ton of examples um, in the bio. You'll, you know, you can see my contact information. So feel free to reach out to me if you want some examples. Um, but Mike, I just want to say thanks so much, man. This is, uh, I, I love rapping with you. This is obviously one of the top, whether, you know, we get on the phone to talk about sports, we always end up talking about sales a little bit. I think it's something we're both passionate about. So I'm honored. Um, I'm grateful and I appreciate you joining episode one. As am I, man. I, uh, I just, it's, it's been an absolute, uh, just sheer, um, amazing experience to watch you kind of come through your career and do what you've done. And so I, I'm just, uh, super happy for you and, and, uh, love, love seeing your progression. Appreciate it, man. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to the first episode of Sales Theory. Uh, stay updated for upcoming episodes. Um, I'll release those on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, you can find Sales Theory on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. So have a great weekend and be safe.